Start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are giving you every single episode of Seinfeld because we love that show and we want to share our experiences going through it, episode by episode, with you. I think by this point, if you guys are are still on board, if you're listening to us, you're loving Seinfeld just as much as we are. (laughs) I hope so. If you hate it and you're just listening to it for... That would be weird. Yeah, that would... You know what? I appreciate you. Just keep listening. Yeah, Just keep right? listening. Keep the hate going. Build the rage is and what actually, I would say. if you are someone that hates Seinfeld but are still listening to this, email us. I want to talk to you. I want to put you on this show. Get your opinion on this. Season 1, Episode 5, the last episode of Season 1. It the is finale. The finale, if you will. <laughs> One would say the finale. <laughs> yes. uh, it's called The Stock Tip, and it aired June 21st, 1990. Uh, the synopsis for this episode, after George receives a stock tip, he and Jerry take the financial plunge. Elaine and her allergies battle her boyfriend's cats. Meanwhile, Jerry's weekend getaway with his new girlfriend proves to be a relationship killer. Insert Seinfeld music here. Yeah, you know I think the the, the Elaine one with her her cats was such a lame story. Uh, Like B storyline should have cut it. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. They had nothing to do with Elaine, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, So the episode starts with the obligatory stand up bit, and it's uh, it's I liked it. It's about them. It's about how like people. You know, don't like picking up the check after, you know, after they've ordered their meal. But, you know, going into the meal, it's like they go into it with such gusto and like, Mm -hmm. I want to order everything. And then once you've eaten, you're like, oh, my God, it was cool. I liked it. This season, you know, since this will be our finale episode for our season as well, we'll kind of, you know, kind of put our thoughts in for a season as a whole. And I think the the stand up this season has been great. I really, really enjoyed the stand up this season. I agree on the majority of the stand-up of the season, particularly episode, uh, the pilot that we talked about. That stand-up was probably the best stand-up maybe in like the entire fucking show. I would say I agree with you there. The the, the pilot stand-up was this probably yeah. the best stand-up ever The stand-up in at the, Seinfeld history. Yeah. The stand-up at the beginning of this episode I thought was the weakest. I don't agree with you that the picking up the check was a funny bit because what fucking idiot is at a restaurant and doesn't think a check's coming. I, I don't go into restaurants doing that. What's the deal with this check? <laughs> I thought that was stupid. I was just like, ah. And it didn't really tie into anything. Well, it ties. it's what goes into George's finale. The George's, okay. how the episode ends is basically, yeah, okay. that's the tie-in. Fair to enough. I still didn't think it was funny. That's Fair me. enough. All right, that's me. All right. <laughs> and you're wrong. And fuck you. All right, we are in the coffee shop, and uh, we actually get our very first reference to Superman here, which I thought was interesting, because I mentioned this in our first our intro episode, right. that Superman was a thing that kind of like keeps reappearing. We, we see Superman a lot, because he has the, uh, a Superman statue, there's a Superman... Um, magnet, magnet on his fridge, yes, on late, fridge later in the season, yes, right? Yes. It's not here now, right? No, this, no, no, This is the first sort of, not the first superhero bit, because he yeah. did talk about Batman before, yeah. but this is the first time that the sort of, the Superman factor has come in. Yes. And we're going to start tracking this from this point on, but let's just say we'll track it in that, 
how does Superman like? Does it come up in a conversation? Yeah. How does it relate? Like, exa- for example, the Bizarro stuff later on. Yes. You know, we'll talk about that. But when the, it's relevant, right? But the statue stuff, the magnet, we're not going to count that, no. except for probably the first time it appears. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about we that. But let's we'll start tracking the Superman references. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's obviously not a thing that they wanted to put into every episode because this is the first time I've heard or seen of Superman in this first season. So, But I love it, dude. This is like, this well, is the first bit of like nerd culture yeah. coming into the mainstream. Yeah. Back back in the day, I mean, growing up, like as someone who grew up in, well, as someone who was born in 1978, grew up in the 80s, went to high school in the 90s, graduated in 96, man. Like you, being a nerd was like not cool. Yeah, we're different. I, I, I mean, we're, we're, Similar because we're sure, obviously, obviously. I, I mean, I graduated high school in 2004. Okay, it feels like a goddamn lifetime away from 96 graduating high school. Holy, mine shit. feels like two lifetimes ago. I mean, yeah. I had my 20th anniversary, my high school reunion. I didn't go to it, yeah. but um, but the thing is, like, the whole nerd culture thing, like the fact that Seinfeld even mentions, you know, Superman, they make other pop culture references throughout the show. Yeah. It was what, honestly, what I sort of gravitated to to early on. Well, they're doing the kind of discussions that real nerds would discuss. And Jerry right here is talking about, you know, wouldn't this give him super humor? Right. (laughs) And and truthfully, it would. And and of course, George is correct, too. And he says, you know, humor, you know, you're either born with it or you're not. Mm -hmm. But Jerry's correct because Superman, here's the thing. Superman back in the 70s, he had, and on into the 80s and everything, they gave him super everything. He Mm -hmm. had super intellect because he had super everything. And super super humor was one of the things that he had because everything (laughs) he had was super. And honestly, the one of the reasons DC killed Superman back in the 90s was to kind of reboot him and and, and neuter him a little bit. He needed to be neutered. Exactly. Because Because he had too much going on. I'm a Marvel guy. Fuck DC. Not fuck DC. I like DC plenty. I love Batman. Batman is my boy i've read more batman graphics than any other anything but superman is is a problem because he's so he's super at everything exactly as you put it and i agree and i agree with you yes he he makes for not a very interesting character to to follow and it's funny though that that jerry's bringing it up here because that is something given jerry's age and everything that is something he would have grown up with reading in the comics Mm -hmm. he is correct although i would say George is correct, too. So that just meaning like... Uh, no, no. I'm not sure I, I agree with that because I do think the yellow sun of Earth... Gave him a better sense of humor? It, it adjusts you. Like, it changes things. Like, yeah. it, it obviously changes things in his brain that, you know, he can do things that he couldn't before. So I'm on Jerry's side. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Right. That's great. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Elaine ends up joining them. Uh, Jerry ends up, uh, he brings up Vanessa, that he's going to go spend a weekend in Vermont with her, which we saw Vanessa in, uh, what was it, episode Two? Oh, yeah. the stakeout. It was yeah, the stakeout. It was episode, episode two. Yeah, she was yeah. she was essentially the stakeout. And this yeah. is one of the few times that we see a, a recurring girlfriend yes, they, from they, multi like from episode to episode. They do happen, but this is this is one of like kind of the rare occurrences. So yeah. yeah. So oh, wait, real quick, oh, yeah. Elaine's cowboy jacket. <laughs> What's the deal with your jacket? That was some wild fucking shit. I, I don't even that remember was it. Like, it was like some kind of drugstore cowboy looking motherfucker. It was it was terrible. It was early nineties horribleness. Okay, all right. Well, George uh, grabs a paper. He's looking at a uh, the business section for a stock tip, 
he ends up talking Jerry into kind of going into the market for this company. I can't even goddamn remember the company, do you? They, they say it multiple times, and I yeah. can't pronounce it properly. But yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, that, that was and, bad and, prep on our part. But no, <laughs> yeah. well, I think it was bad writing on their part. It wasn't. But so the the company or the the they're going to do something like, with plays, broadcasting, operas. Yeah, no, no, no. This is he. George goes. It's something electronic. It's something to do with the opera. I literally just watched this like four hours well, ago. I, I, but I was high. I watched it. <laughs> Not like <laughs> yesterday or two days ago. Whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a company. Stuck let's on. just call it Inatech. It's Inatech. Same from fucking Office Space. Same goddamn thing. It's a it's a d- dumbass sh- uh, company that doesn't really matter. Right. They're going to... There's a stock. That's all that stock. matters. It's a, Mac- it's a MacGuffin. You know it's what? a MacGuffin. They're, they're public. Good for them. It's a company that has gone public. That is not easy to do. I've worked for a couple startups Getting a company to go public is not easy, so good for them. Is the Blast From Our Past podcast network public yet? God, no, but if anybody wants to give us money, <laughs> give us money. We would love it. I, I would promote whatever the hell you want to promote if you give you, us money. You hear that, Spotify? <laughs> yeah. So I think this is a funny little bit where uh, Jerry orders tuna. And Elaine, we really see Elaine's kind of like, I don't know, I'll just call it social justice warrior. Activism. Yes. She she cares a lot about like kind of very liberal kind of things. And this is where I feel like we get the start of it. We see a lot more of it down the line. Uh, but she talks about, you know, the dolphins are getting caught in the nets. Uh, and so. And, and bro, that was such a, a, an 80s thing. Uh, yeah. like, like growing up, you, you heard about. The dolphins getting caught in the fishing net. Can you see them? Let's cry. Can you see the dolphins cry? Is that Pearl Jam? That was live. Oh, Fuck that's you. live. They, that's they sounded right, very yeah. similar. To, they sounded, but yeah, I sang well, it. Well, I couldn't but, tell by how you were singing it. That's a good song. I've heard you do Pearl Jam before. It sounds exactly the same. <laughs> well, live live sounds right. It's from an album, Throwing Copper. Good shit. Actually, I like that album. It's Are you guys going to do that on the uh, Yeah, it's blog? on the list. Okay, cool. It's on the list. So, but the funny thing is, I still to this day, whenever I get a six pack of like beer or something, I will cut the plastic holes. Oh yeah, me too. And that was a big <laughs> '80s like movement about yeah. how the the ping or not the penguins, the pelicans were getting their heads yeah. caught in the you know the and then yeah. the turtles were getting their shit. Yeah. So is it is that really a thing that's still happening? Because I don't, the, I'm with you to this day. Still, if do I get it. a six pack, like I will. I will like, a lot of them. The, a lot of the them will have like the rip on the yeah. sides that I'll do it. But more than that, I will take like my knife or yep. scissors and I will cut every goddamn hole to make sure everything can get out of it. I've done it my entire <laughs> life, and and I think I'm helping that giant trash, that Pacific trash. Oh call. my god! Yeah, I think I'm helping Garbage it. Island. Yeah, Garbage Ugh. Island, man. There's actually a really cool comic called Great Pacific about this guy who plants a flag on that island, and it's about a start of a nation on the giant trash island out in the Pacific. It's called Great Pacific, I think, by Image Comics. Anyways, anyway, anyway, uh, what we haven't talked about is George orders the tuna right afterwards, which honestly that made me fucking laugh out loud. Yeah. He just, <laughs> like he's such an asshole. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we then see Vanessa and Jerry. They're at this little marketplace. Oh, that's the bodega I was talking about yes, last episode. Yes, that is the bodega. I call it a mercado. Okay. Uh, same, whatever. Same kind of thing. It's a little market shop, a convenience store. Really, it's a small, small little shop. And uh, they talk about going to phase two in their relationship. And they're going to go to a cabin in Vermont uh, and spend like a weekend together. 
And uh, Jerry also, we get little bits here where he's checking his stock, he, which he kind of keeps coming back to, and he's checking his stock. Oh, this... we, I mean, the whole stock thing. We didn't even actually talk about that. Well, that yeah, was... yeah, we, we did. We brought up that he George invested or told Jerry to get into the stock. Right. So so in the scene in the Monk's Diner, the whole yeah. point of that scene was yes. to get into the stock. Yes. And George is, like, fucking dropping, like, 5K or something, right? Yeah, like something yeah, crazy. yeah. It's multiple and, thousands and of dollars. And Jerry's dropping, like, 2,500 yeah. or whatever. And, yeah. So now, like, this whole entire episode is Jerry fucking watching this fucking stock. Mm-hmm. So, but we get bits where he just checks the paper and sees how the stock is. And, and the stock is... Starting to plummet a little bit. Here's at the start of that. It is. Uh, it's going down, and he's freaking out because you know he's not built for this. He is, comes he up is definitely it. not built for the, for doing the stock market. Yeah. So uh, in Jerry's apartment, uh, Kramer is like bringing up the stock again. It's continuously going down. Uh, he wants to use Jerry's place while he's gone in Vermont. Uh, he says. Mind if I use your bed? Well, he and he points over his shoulder. So, yes! so, so now we've established that Jerry actually has a bedroom. Yeah, which we talked about in uh, episode, episode two, two right. when his parents were in town. He says, "Oh, parents sleeping in my bed," and it was in the futon in the middle of the room. Now Kramer points to the bedroom and says, "Can they use your bed?" Now we're establishing that the bed is in a bedroom, separate bedroom that we're not seeing, and that's something they clearly did mid-season. Yeah, that was the decision they made right there. Yeah, that was exactly my note. Too. I was just like, "Oh, wait a minute!" They swapped his bedroom, which I think makes much more sense. It works better in there. And and calling back to, I think we mentioned it last episode, but I, I love analyzing the show like this mm-hmm. and picking up on on these new subtle things that I didn't notice before, and then kind of getting behind the scenes and like, you know, where did they make this decision? Was it literally just there? Did did actually did Michael Richards create Jerry's bedroom because in his acting performance he just pointed yeah. over his shoulder and he wasn't in the scene where Jerry's parents no. were in bed in his living room he might not actually know to me that I find that to be infinitely interesting mm. I don't know why maybe it's stupid maybe no one cares but I like it let's move on to the cleaners <laughs> George <laughs> I think we have Adam's answer on that. <laughs> I don't I don't care. But I do find it somewhat interesting. The inconsistencies in shows, I think, is particularly interesting. Uh, we're at the cleaners. George and Jerry, they're still talking about the stock tip. And they talk about this guy who kind of gave them the stock tip. He's apparently in the hospital. Uh, there is, a, I think, a pretty funny scene. Jerry is confronting the... Uh, the dry cleaner about shrinking his shirt. I think it's pretty. I mean, he holds up like this child <laughs> shirt. It's, it's that was good. such a visual. It was a great visual gag. Yes, I giggled when I saw it. He's like, I love Jerry's reaction when the guy tries to dispute him. He's like, clearly, I'm not like going around <laughs> yeah, from uh, like laundromat to laundromat. Like this isn't like some kind of scam yeah. with like a tiny tiny child shirt. And he gets the guy to admit that he fucking dropped yeah. the shirt. That was funny. I like that when he leaned in and admitted it. Yes. <laughs> All right, and, and that scene was just there for the bit. Yeah, yeah, obviously there was like the, the which, other discussion was unnecessary. Which because clearly the I mean the next stand up bit is about dry cleaning, yeah. so that scene was literally there just to lead <laughs> into. So I'm wondering at this point in the season, like the you know the show's history, they're still trying to stick with that. What's the material behind mm-hmm. you know a, a, a stand up comedian? Which I think it's it's probably we'll see that throughout most of the entire I'm, show. I'm interested in tracking 
tracking that now. I'm, I'm. It, this has become more of a personal thing than uh, Adam's truly not interested. And we had this discussion, you know, going in. I think before we started recording the last episode, Adam is going to start tracking the quotes, and I'm kind of tracking the standup. But I think it's cool that we both are, are sort of gravitating onto two different aspects of this show. Yeah. It just goes to show that there's just so much to to do and talk about. So personally, I want to see how many bits relate to you know the how many scenes and then the next scene is like a stand-up and it's related i want to see if that kind of carries on throughout the course of the the, the the series it seemed in this season just looking back at season one it seems like it was always the middle episode is the one that there's a scene and then it leads right into the the stand-up absolutely and i as mentioned i love the quotes and i'm gonna bring them up because to me seinfeld is all about like you know, their vernacular, like I will use Seinfeld quotes like day in, day out, or I'll think about them. And so tying into that, like it's, it's just, it's become part of my life is saying their lines. Uh, and we get a really good line coming up here and it'll, it's, it'll probably end up being my, it's probably my favorite of the episode, but we get a great scene at Jerry's apartment Elaine is there. We see that she's allergic to cats. Uh, kind of like a secondary storyline that we really don't really give a shit about. But uh, she, yeah, she's allergic to cats at this guy that she's dating. And they make this little joke, a good little banter between the two of them about, like, you know, oh, hiring a hitman to kill his cats. And, you know, she asks Jerry, like, you know, how much how much do you think it is to hire a hitman to, to kill his cats? It's like, I don't know, $13, $14 a cat? And she's like, Want to make a quick twenty-eight bucks? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great line, and it's great because it kind of sets the groundwork for what comes a couple seasons later yeah. with the uh, Kramer and Newman yeah. trying to kidnap the dog. Yeah, so she, I really am Which enjoying they do for, for Elaine. Like, yes, oh my for God. Elaine. So like, because she gets she gets mad at this dog keeping her up while she's you know it's barking <laughs> while she's trying to sleep, but. There's a lot of ideas in this first season that really come into play later. Yep. They really do a lot of groundwork laying here. I I, I was surprised by that. Every, so far, every episode, I've been a bit surprised that there's some sort of callback. It's going to be a call forward. Yes. But now that we, you know, since we've all seen the entire series at this point, it's sort of a callback. But, like, there's always, there's something that's popping up later. Like, these little nuggets of ideas. And you mentioned it, you know, on the, I think, other episode. But, like, you like seeing these nuggets of, mm-hmm. of, of kernels kind of, they, they kind of blossom later. They fully yes. manifest later. Yeah, and, I, I mentioned it with uh, Kramer's uh, pizza idea. Right. Uh, but also Kramerica Industries. Like, it's it makes rewatchability for the, it, they obviously. Obviously, we're not setting up this show for binge watching, but without knowing, they've made this show so fantastically bingeable because you can watch it all the way through and then come back and keep going and like like just re-binging and finding little things early on that make it so fantastic. Uh, and I brought this up in Blast from Our Past. I'm going to tie this into um, the Shawshank Redemption. That's a sh- that's a movie that I absolutely adore. It's my favorite movie of all time. I can rewatch that movie because there are little nuggets, little things that they bring up that when you first watch it, you don't realize are part of the bigger story. And you watch it again, and you're just like, oh my god, they set that up way early. Kramer in this situation, or Seinfeld has those kind of things that you don't realize it until 
rewatching it. It was so and, set up for syndication, they didn't even realize it, and they're killing it. And that's a sign of just how fleshed out these characters were, probably in the heads of the writers. Obviously, yeah. things change over time. We, you know, they they try new things. You know, whatever. But I, the root of these characters were pretty much fleshed out right yeah. away. That's what this this season. George evolves probably the most, I'd say, over the course of this series. But he kind of has to to kind of give him a reason to to do yeah. stuff. You know, to keep yeah. him in in you know the public eye sort of thing. But. They're all pretty much there, fully baked. It's really yeah. fun to see. Yeah, they just get minor tweaks. You know, a lot of shows, and even in this show, they do, you have to adjust your characters as you get to know them a little bit more. We've brought up Always Sunny multiple times, and that's another show that I'm just kind of currently rewatching. In season one, they're definitely not fully baked. Charlie is not nearly as dumb as he becomes. Mac isn't quite as religious and gay as he becomes. Dennis isn't even quite as fucking horrible <laughs> as he becomes. They, they become more caricatures. Yes. They, yeah. they start out subtle. They become more caricatures. And that happens in Seinfeld. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, through the course of this series, we're going to see some crazy shit. We're going to see seasons where people flip their shit when Kramer comes in. I think that's season three. <laughs> like the, the studio audience yeah. loses their mind. Yeah. Then that dies down later seasons. Mm-hmm. We're going to see weird little yeah. you know stuff happening. And I do want to like look at this through a lens of retrospective. You yes. know, us knowing That's what's happening at the time and everything. And it's interesting to fucking go back. And even now, like when I watch, you know, out of order. And you know Kramer slides in and everyone loses their mind. I'm like, okay, that's a that's a season three or four episode. You know, like it kind of gives me ideas of where it lands. I want to interact or interject because it's crazy because they build that into the time of the episode. Yeah, because they allow the the audience to just clap and enjoy Kramer entering, where. Previously, it's just like Kramer enters and then they go. And they had to, they knew that the people yeah. were going to lose their shit. And honestly, one of the favorite things I like in sitcoms, I like to see what actors choose to do while they're waiting for their next line. And a lot of times, you know, they know what to do because it's, it's, you know, it's already in the script. But mm-hmm. when there's laughter happening, it's interesting to see what they do to sort of stay in character because yeah. that's, that's not in the script. They just know that that's happening. And it's it's kind of fun to fun to watch that. And I don't really like three camera setups nowadays with the mm. laugh track. Okay. I don't go out of my way to watch shows. Honestly, I don't think I watch a single uh, a comedy on TV that's not one camera. Um, I don't think I watch anything with a laugh track. But I can never imagine Seinfeld without it. Yeah, yeah, you need it. Or Friends, for that matter. I, I yeah. can't imagine any of these shows I got, without I got a laugh tired track. tired of the, the laugh track. In, in watching a lot of stuff in syndication nowadays, because they remove laugh track, it's just not as net needed in a lot of shows. I get like, When I rewatch stuff, um, things like Sports Night, which is a show I, th- I think is fucking fantastic, they have a laugh track in it, and I'm just like, I kind of wish they would get rid of it. But in Seinfeld, it really, really works. In Friends, really, really works. Uh, other shows, it doesn't as much. Especially when you can it, tell that yeah. it's not like a, a a pre-recorded laugh track. Because yeah. it's sometimes people will like, yell, are you Kramer? You exactly. know, like, they'll like, lose their mind on yeah. something. Yeah. You know? uh, I want, I'm a big fan of Scrubs, I mentioned before. They don't have a laugh track. Right. And I think it works really well that they don't because they jump between comedy and drama, drama very quickly in that show. And I think a laugh track would ruin it. But it works really, really well in certain shows. Like Night Court. You gotta have that fucking fucking laugh track. It's fucking great. 
But I yeah. love Night Court. If we yeah. were if we were to ever do another <laughs> sitcom podcast, I would want it to be Night Court. But okay. uh, let's see what happens when we finish this. I'm gonna guessing 2022. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 180 not, episodes. We Holy have a lot Christ! Of fucking recording to do. Yeah. So. All right, so we're still at Jerry's apartment. Uh, you know, they got through the we just got through the assassinating of a cat discussion, uh, which was very evil. Like I like it that they established that Elaine is evil from early yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. And also, and I don't think you're probably going to bring this up, but did you notice that it, they're on the tenth floor? Uh, I don't think I did. Okay, yeah, they're on the. That's where Jerry lives on the tenth yeah. floor. Yeah. Okay, they probably like put that in every now and then. I just never really clicked. Uh, Kramer ends up coming over again. He. Brings up that the stock is down, stock is down. Uh, and we get a really kind of weird thing about Kramer about kind of the creep that he is. He grabs these binoculars and he's like staring down this like girl on the streets. Right. I thought and it was weird. And, th- and that's where Jerry says, uh, oh, is she going to be impressed by someone on the 10th floor? Yeah, that's okay. where I noticed that. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. That was a little, yeah, getting a little scummy, whatever. But I, I, I liked Kramer's antagonism and. Right? Is that antagonism? He, yeah, he was antagonistic. That's a, that's a yeah. real word. <laughs> I question it these days. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily. And, <laughs> but I liked how I liked his character in this episode. He was he was more antagonistic, and I thought that was funny. And he doesn't do that too much. I don't think Kramer later on in the series no. pushes Jerry's buttons too much. But I think it worked here. It was yeah. it was funny. It just also just kind of shows the kind of quirky, weird, different guy that Kramer is. Uh, we also get uh, George ends up coming over and, uh, you know, he end up not really getting info from the stock guy and finding out that he's in a hospital, shit like that. Um, and then we end up going to Vermont. And, and speaking of going to Vermont, I wanted to bring this up earlier when we were talking about Jerry's apartment earlier in the episode. Did you notice that he was plotting out his trip on an actual map? Yes, absolutely. I Holy saw that. shit, bro. Like, yeah. okay, when I drove out here cross country, I used one of those yeah. atlases. Yeah, me too. Which, when, when did you move to Los Angeles? Uh, it was 13 years ago. It was right before the. So my wife and I met at the 2010 census. And so I probably moved out here 2008, I think, 2000, okay. like later 2008. Yeah, I moved, I moved out in uh, the end of August. I think it was August 2008. Okay. And I, I had a I, – my parents bought me a GPS, but my mom bought me a GPS, and she bought me a uh, U.S. Atlas. Yeah, <laughs> one of the Atlas maps. So, so I had that exact thing, and I, it was in my car forever just me to, too. Like, yeah, to yep. have around. And honestly, I learned how to use one because right before I moved out here for the year prior, I was a limousine dispatcher oh, in, outside of D.C., and this was like so you could use MapQuest and stuff back then, but like they didn't want you to like it, it wasn't yeah. as updated. They were afraid yeah. of things not updating like it is now. So I had to learn how to use the Atlas. So when I drove cross country, it was great. I was like, I'm glad I have that skill now, you yeah. know, to to actually read that Atlas. Yes. But boy, is that a a dead art right there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I can pull it if I need to, but like. Even just when I go across town, I just put it in my fucking Google Maps and Dude, then just go. <laughs> I know. Even I do this even now. Even when I'm driving someplace that I know where it is, I, I don't need yes. a map. I still put Google Maps on just to see what traffic yes, is. exactly. See what are the fucks happening. Also, it gives me – it's comforting. I know when I'm going to get there. Yeah. It's yeah. wild, dude. I've become so reliant on Google Maps. But I was tickled. I was tickled when I saw Jerry doing it. And he even had his toy, like, Hot Wheel car getting, yeah. you know, driving across. <laughs> that, was like, was, that, was, that was very Jerry. Yes. We kind of get more. More of yeah. that throughout the series. They're, but, they're his childlike tendencies, yeah. him and George, like being man child. Like, honestly, I don't think the term man child 
was around mm. when Seinfeld was happening because if it was, Elaine would have used that yeah. for them many a times. But yeah, dude, Jerry and George and you know Kramer to a lesser extent, they're man childs. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just kids grown up in adult bodies. But are we any different? No, this no. is what, because this is what we grew up on. We became them. We are them. We is Seinfeld. Yeah, we is. We is. All right. Uh, we me, are, me love you guys. <laughs> we're in we, we're in Vermont. Things are not going very well between Jerry and Vanessa. Spoiler alert, it did turn out to be the worst idea possible for a yes, relationship. As they kind of brought up, which is kind of strange when when I go back and think about how quickly they clicked in uh the stock or not sorry, in the stakeout episode, like they they could have a conversation about anything right there. Here it's super awkward, and it's very weird. If this wasn't a sitcom where the plot had to be front and center and just had to take precedent over everything else, if this was like a rom-com movie, they would have worked out fine yeah. because they had way too much fucking chemistry, like you said. Even in yeah. the episode when they're in the bodega, or the scene when they're in the yeah. bodega, yeah. Like, they had chemistry there. Arguably, when they actually don't act like they hate each other here, they have chemistry in this scene as well. But the plot had to, the joke has yes. to be that it didn't, it doesn't work out. Well, what they, what they don't pull out is that working in a relationship we're both married men we know relationships we are super relationship guys we know everything about women yes <laughs> yes this is true we do know everything uh, about yeah. women anyway one of the things that works really really well is when you don't have to talk to that person but you can just sit in silence or like just watch tv with them you don't have to like talk and like you know have that kind of rapport every second of the time you're with them and that's part of what makes a great relationship like, but I guess, and and that's that's the main. Th- I mean, that starts yeah. here with Seinfeld. Him and George, like, they don't really ever go too far with their girlfriends. Yeah, they never. Sometimes they'll say how long they've been dating. You know, in some episodes, you'll get an idea, but for the most part, it's never a long term relationship. No, it's, well, it's never like a year long relationship. Yeah, Susan's the only one down the line. But even <laughs> then, that, see, that, that, and you see what happened to yeah. her. <laughs> stamps uh but yes like and i think that's part of all like, the entire group's neuroticism because they focus on one issue with whatever they, they all they fixate on what yeah. one thing they and this becomes that because a major theme later they'll yeah. fixate on one thing about a, a female uh, yeah. or someone they're dating and that'll just be the crux which, of the entire thing which uh like, my relationship advice to everyone out there is like no one gives a fuck about that one thing my wife doesn't love everything i love I don't give a fuck. My life, my wife loves to go do her thing. I'm not going to do her thing. I'm going to go sit home and do my own thing. And then we'll come back and do the shit that we do together. But like, these aren't those kind of people. These no. are fucking terrible people. These are terrible people that just won't put up with any, anything pretty much basically. Yep. And it, it's so weird that this was, these were my role models growing up. <laughs> Truthfully, as, as a latchkey kid, as someone who mm. kind of like, Dude, I mean, I mean, I have a great relationship with my dad, but like, I didn't grow up with them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We so were like, similar. We both had dads yeah. that were uh, were from divorced families, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, we mostly lived with our with our mothers, both of us. Exactly, yeah. and and you know, like, dude, like seeing this, like, this is what I thought relationships were growing up. My God, this is a horrible example of like <laughs> what to do in a relationship, but it makes for some damn good fucking comedy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so. They are also, you know, in Vermont, 
he's still checking his goddamn stock tips. Like things are still plummeting at this time. It's just it's not going well. We also get some internal monologue. From, I wrote that down here. Yeah. It's a kind of a from the first episode we yeah. talked. Like it's not frequent. It does happen though. Occasionally yeah. it's they will throw it two in there. Is the stakeout episode okay. that we is, is particularly. Oh, it's with her. We, it's, it's with her exactly ah. with her. We get a lot of this internal monologue. It's very strange because we don't get it too often. It's funny. It's almost like they have to put the internal monologue in for her because his chemistry with her was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. Like they had to show you what else was happening in his yeah. head. And actually, I need to uh, uh, backtrack, fix what I was saying uh, because the stock's not, – not that the stock's not doing well. The stock was not doing well earlier. Jerry got out of it. Now, you know, now that they're in Vermont – now he checks the stock and is doing great. And he's like, oh, fuck, he got out at the wrong time. Jerry's not the kind of guy who can just sit through and, like, you know, be patient. Right. He's, he's you know, as neurotic as anybody else, which is kind of weird. George becomes more neurotic down the line, but he's the one who just kind of keeps with it. Well, I, I even think— even a line that he just says, ah, fuck it, I'll just stay with it. Jerry is not built for, like, day trading and being, like, yeah. a stock guy. But that— that was a real low blow from the, the the his girlfriend. She was like, "Oh, something about like what was it? implying that they have a lesser they have a lesser vacation in Vermont because yes. he lost money a, on the yeah. stock." And I was like, "That was a real dick thing to say." Yeah, it was, and also dick. I, I wish I'd written down the actual quote. No, but I, that, I know. that was the takeaway from it. Is it that was. You, you, we would have had a nicer place, but the, it was the only reason like that. it was because it was raining outside. That's not his fucking fault, whether like whether it rains yeah. or not. And it didn't seem like a fucking bad place either. That was a real bitch move on her part. I thought. I don't disagree. Yeah, things aren't going well. Also, another kind of shitty move on her part is she won't tell him her goddamn perfume. Yeah, what was up with that? The, I mean, it comes back slightly later, just kind of like an off comment. Yeah. But really, that was weird. And and they would have focused on that in a later episode. Here, that it's kind of just like a side thing. But I that feel was like weird. that, I think we're getting an insight into like a, a real situation Larry David had yeah. in his life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I think we're, it's a real inside baseball there with Larry David. Uh, just a weird kind of thing where... Yeah, it would have made like it would have made an entire episode <laughs> down the line. Oh yeah, I agree. That would have been what they broke up about. There would have been yes. something, and at the very end, she would have yeah. walked back into the room and yelled it. And they're spectacular. Yes. And you know, they like, kind of they break up about it, but it's off camera. It doesn't happen. Like they just talk about it later. So anyway, all right, let's get to we're at the coffee shop. George, who stayed in the uh, the stock, is now fucking killing it. He's gotten money. He ended up making like eight thousand. Uh, Jeez, and that's stock. in 1990 yeah, money. Solid. I would solid. say. I mean, I, I'm no mathematician or economist, but I mean, is eight grand? If you make eight grand on something back then, wouldn't that be close to like twelve now or something? Like, Probably. Well, George says, "Oh, it's eight thousand. It's a Hyundai. It's a Hyundai." <laughs> Which I was just like, "Fuck you! Eight thousand is not a Hyundai now and nowadays money. Yeah. Like, it's it's at least twice that. You can't buy a, a even the cheapest in like under fifteen grand. Right, but back in nineteen ninety, Hyundai's were like cheap ass cars. Yeah. you know. But yeah, I agree with you. It's 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 and and by the way, Rich George is not a good look. I no. I hated this scene in general. <laughs> I thought George was a fucking piece of shit the entire fucking yeah. scene. I know he's supposed to be. I get that that's the joke, but he is a massive piece of yeah. shit. I no, I, I I pretty much like the my last little bits of note here are just how much of a dick George is. Uh like 
All right, so Elaine ended up breaking up with her guy. She gave him an ultimatum, you know, because she's allergic to these cats. He chose the cats over her. Of course he fucking would choose the goddamn cats. And the fact that she doesn't realize that. Yeah. Like, there, she's a terrible, she's a dumb, terrible person because of that. Uh, and then also, they also kind of like just offhand bring up that Vanessa chose her perfume over Jerry. You can kind of insinuate that Jerry w- was trying to figure out what this perfume was. And she was just like, no, I'm not going to tell you. And then they broke up. You know, that was kind of like the last straw over it. But, you know, the fact that we didn't see that, I kind of wish we would have seen that. It felt a little anticlimactic. Yes. We, we didn't even get, like, the name of the perfume. There was no, like, joke there. Yeah. It just felt it just felt a little dead, a little yeah. bit of a dud. All right. Uh, and so apparently George has another weird stock tip about a robot butcher. And, and, and I'm going to apologize to you because I was so certain that this weird stock tip was about the opera thing. So the first stock tip was about the opera thing. I'm conceding to you that was the case. This weird, this weird stock tip now is about a robot butcher, right? So, so it's like, yeah, what? It, like, I don't know. It's supposed to cut the meats or something. It yeah, was, yeah. But it was, the point is that it's stupid and yes. silly. And we really get the dickness of George here in that well, he's smoking a cigar the entire fucking cigar, time yeah. in the diner. Yeah, well, that, different that times, fine. people. Yes. Different times. I like a cigar. I, I smoke a cigar maybe once a year. I like them. But then, yeah, I can. You don't smoke them like they are. You they consume so much smell and so much smoke. You don't like, smoke them in a fucking diner. No, uh, like but, you, like I grew up in in the eighties. People smoke cigarettes, you know, in restaurants and stuff. If you smoked a cigar in a restaurant, people would complain. Yes, yeah, because they are so much smellier. Uh, but so George, being kind of like his little fake big wig self, he's trying to like pay, and he ends up paying. For him, it's too much. He ends up pulling fucking back money from the waitress. I hated him at this point. That was a dick goddamn move. George is just like, fuck you, George. Yeah, George is the fucking worst. Although when he was trying to pull that $1 bill, it was just a $1 <laughs> bill. And I, I get it that the actor just grabbed whatever he could. Yeah. But he tried to pull it and she wouldn't let him. He kind of like had to yank it. Yeah. I was like, I laughed, but I laughed at, George exp- at George's expense because he was a fucking huge piece of shit. Yeah, well, it really, it really helps set up who George yeah, is. And it, that they keep that kind of George throughout the rest of the series. And he is that kind of asshole. I, I got to say, I, even... All throughout the entire series, just looking back, George has to be probably my least favorite character. Mm. Let's take that with a grain of salt. I love Seinfeld, so I still love George because I love everything about Seinfeld. But if you took the characters, he is my least favorite, and it's because he's a bit of a fucking asshole, like, all the time, you know? And I don't feel like he he ever grows. But then again, neither do any of them. That's why they end up in jail at the (laughs) end. Yes, that's the whole point. But uh, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, all right. And then we end on a comedy bit. Yeah, which, yeah, what, uh, stand up and about investment. It wasn't that strong, yeah. sadly. I, I wish, especially for the finale, I wish this had ended stronger. The, the, the comedy bit, kind of like with the, the bit at the diner, it, I didn't feel like it was all that strong of an ending for, for mm-hmm. season one. Um, although they did have a bit of a uh, Superman callback at the end right there well, yeah. about turning yes, back time. They, yes, they bring you know, that back. About going around the, the, yeah. The Earth and you know turning yeah. back time, uh, Superman the movie callback, which I like that. I'm glad they ended with a Superman sort of thing. Yeah, but nice. um, you know, as a whole, as far as like this episode goes, I didn't love it. You know, mm. I I didn't like George in it. I I just I didn't love it. I didn't think it was one of the stronger ones of the of the yeah. season, I especially agree. to end on the season on. Yes, although 
thematically, like the stuff that they did in the episode, it was appropriate for a finale. It, they were wrapping up some storylines. Obviously, they used the same actress yeah. from the stakeout yep. and everything. It, de- it did feel like an ending. It just it sucked that it wasn't the strongest episode of the season. I agree. You know? uh, to me, this is probably my second least favorite of this entire... I say entire season, but it's five episodes. The pilot's my least favorite. This is my second least favorite. It's just... F- followed by the man breakup one would be, the I guess, the third. Uh, Maybe... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, for me, male unbonding is, yeah. is f of that. I would probably, and then I put stakeout, and then uh, the one that you said you didn't care about. I probably thought the the robbery was probably my favorite of the entire season. So, oh, oh the robbery was. I the stakeout was my favorite. See, no, for me that that'd be my second favorite. Okay, okay. for me, the robbery is number one. I just I think some of those iconic moments that they had, the lock moment and the choose moment, like there were some really funny parts about the robbery it's it's funny when when you say iconic moments like the lock i agree with you there and then the choose i don't even remember that and you Mm. said you you when you were younger and you tried to watch it you or you were watching you tried to figure out the 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 whole thing i broke it down I, i and this is this is what i love about doing this podcast like that moment meant nothing to me until yeah. I just rewatched it. So to me, it was com- almost completely uh, new. I didn't even remember it. And but to you, me, to me, it's you, one of the more iconic moments of the fucking that's show. That's fucking cool, bro. I fucking love that shit, man. That's what I love talking to fucking people about Seinfeld about. Like you get different perspectives on things. This is what's fun about it. Yeah. I didn't even know about the whole choose thing until you explained it to me. Now I actually, I think it's cool. Like this is yeah. what I fucking love. This yeah. is. Honestly, guys, and and I hope you feel the same way, this is what I want to take away from this podcast. I want to learn new things to love. I want Adam to show me new things to love about Seinfeld that I didn't even pick up on the fucking first time that I, or the 20th time that I fucking watched it. That's yeah. what I want. All right. Uh, I already talked about my favorite line of the episode, which was the uh, the hitman, the assassination of a assassination of a cat line, which is fantastic. Um, Let's talk about our overall just thoughts of this season. So five episodes, you know, we kind of already went through our favorite episodes, you know, so for you, it's the stakeout. For me, it's the robbery. Uh, everything else I think kind of falls in. We, I think we both felt the pilot was the weakest. Yeah. I, I think the pilot is Which the weakest. Which makes sense though. It makes sense. Yeah. And yes, that does make sense. Most of the time, the pilot is so weird, so different. You yeah. know, it's, it's, that's a normal thing with sitcoms as, as a whole, a season as a whole, me walking into this, this podcast with you and, and really, starting to break down this show dude you know you can back this up i've been saying since day one of our friendship i was like you know what season one of seinfeld it's weird i don't ever rewatch it it's got the laundromat shit by the way that only happened once i thought the laundromat happened more in season one my takeaway from this season as a whole i enjoyed it much more than Mm -hmm. i thought i was going to i still don't really care for the pilot Uh, there's still little weirdnesses here and there that they're trying to figure out that i didn't really care for but i absolutely love seeing these little nuggets these little kernels that are going to come to fruition later and as a whole i was absolutely impressed by this season I am so happy we're doing this. I have a new a new appreciation, a new love for season one of Seinfeld. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this season has absolutely, I think, gone above and beyond my expectations, mainly only because I know the show so well as you do. It's, it's one I, I go back and I'm just like, I, similarly, I thought like, okay, we're going to get through this. 
and it'll just be like, all right, let's get to season two. That's kind of really where Seinfeld starts. And I'm like, no, really? Seinfeld starts on episode two. It like, really does. It, it does. does, dude. There are moments that I was not expecting to happen so early that really did. And like, no, you get some really good uh, Seinfeld moments that like, you know what? Fucking, we're into Seinfeld already. And, and it's we're six episodes in and we're at some really strong stuff. Uh, well, this is our fifth episode. We're going to get into our sixth, uh, you know, with the start of season two. But yeah, like I am very, very pleased. I'm super excited to keep going on this uh, podcast journey with you. I know. I can't <laughs> wait to see like what's coming next. I can't wait. I'm really excited to watch season two. I mean, yeah. I, I want to watch it like just right now and watch it, but I, I got to take notes and everything. Yeah. But this is awesome. This is. I'm shocked. I, I have multiple notes, multiple papers of notes that have exclamation points, like saying like, holy crap, I can't believe this started in, in season one. I can't believe Primerica yeah. yeah. was in season one. In my head, I always thought it was in the whatever that later season was with the hello. I always yeah. thought Primerica started there, yeah. but it fucking no. starts in season exactly. one, bro. And, and not even just that, like Elaine being such like a very just – social aware kind of character like is, uh, this already starts off with the dolphins here and then we get much much more of that down the line they've done a fantastic job setting this up and i'm obviously i'm happy that they got renewed and uh, <laughs> i'm happy they got renewed too <laughs> yeah. speaking of so season two we're uh we're gonna jump into that we'll jump into that next it's only 13 episodes right yes okay so we still no, have no. a sorry uh, it is 12 episodes. Okay, 12 episodes. So, again, we have another little wonky season. It's really like a half season. Like yeah. Most most shows at this time would get or ordered. Or a full season of Sunny. Yeah, or a full <laughs> season of Sunny or a lot of shows nowadays. Uh, anything Netflix is like a 12 is a full season. And truthfully, I yeah. like shorter seasons. Yes. I like 12 and 13 episode seasons. So I am very excited to jump into season two. I'm yep. very excited to see where this goes. Truthfully, yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I, I know where it goes, but like, I'm excited to see as a season, what season two feels like it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's typically like a half season for most shows at this time. Most like 30 minute sitcoms. I'm with you nowadays. Like, Getting a more of a film feel, but in the serial narrative that is TV is really interesting. Getting, you know, 10 episodes of a 30-minute or an hour-long show, you're getting all the story, and you make every episode tight, where... Toy. Fuck you. Tight. (laughs) I said tight. Uh, But, like, you know, in other shows, in, in sitcoms, because, like, no show is tight in a sitcom. It's all fluff. It's a fucking sitcom. Um, but like, yeah, so yeah, we're going to get a much smaller season, but like, I'm excited. I want to see, I want to see what all I remember from season two, because I I remembered a lot more from season one than I thought. I did too. I agree with that. I, I didn't realize some scenes were actually from season one, like the lock scene. I I forgot that that was season one. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm excited to see what season two has to hold. And then I'm excited to just kind of piece the tapestry together and, and see how like one season flows into the other and kind of look, look at it from a 20 year perspective at this point, knowing what we know now. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Corey, where can we find you? 
You can find me on the NSFW Gamer Podcast, where I talk about video games and pop culture with my buddy Noah. And you can find me on a few episodes of the Blast From Our Past Podcast, where I talk to Adam and his brother John about all kinds of fun, nostalgic stuff like RoboCop and Mortal Kombat. And uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Corey Nation, and you can hit me up, uh, direct message me or whatever. DM me, as the kids would say, and uh, we can talk. You're a loser. (laughs) I'm so old. (laughs) You really are. Uh, As you mentioned, I and my brother and Corey sometimes, uh, we do the Blast From Our Past podcast where we do movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and fan castings, top tens, album album reviews, whatever, uh, all things pop culture from the mostly 80s, 90s, maybe even some late 70s kind of stuff. Uh, and that's the majority of what I'm doing podcast-wise. Uh, besides that, you know, I'm just, I'm living life, brother. Living, living, <laughs> loving, and laughing, baby. <laughs> All right, so we, we do need to find out for season two. We do need to come up with a, a catchphrase outro. Yeah. <laughs> we have not locked one down no. yet. Yeah. Goodbye! Yeah, we tried yeah, that. that one doesn't work. work. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> Lame. Anyways, we'll catch you guys in season two.